everyone's got their favorite Colts player ahead of the season, but who are the team's coaches actually talking about? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are reunited, and it feels so good, Zach. Oh, sorry. Are you guys there? My bad. My bad. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Arthur. He is Zach Hicks, and you know us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. I'm your boots on the ground there at the Colts facility, bringing you the latest from the players and the coaches uh, OTAs are going right now. The vets and the rookies have now started mingling this week. Uh, so just kind of bringing you some content from there. Zach has been hitting it hard with his film studies. Uh, he's been bringing you a great series over at horseshoehuddle.com about the empty theory and uh, certain guys that can stand out in that, how it's going to help Anthony Richardson specifically early on. Uh, so definitely be sure to check all that content out. But on today's show, Uh, We're going to look back into recent comments made by the Colts coaches and uh, on offense and defense and kind of go over which players they're talking about most. Because, of course, we all can say, you know, this guy and this guy are set for big seasons. It makes a lot of sense. The coaches are the guys that actually determine the playing time. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll go over again on both sides of the ball who they're talking about and for Zach and I, who we actually think will pan out from those. Uh, so first up, Zach, on the offensive side of the ball, this guy's hype. I al- I almost feel bad for him because this guy's hype right now couldn't be higher. So it almost feels like he's due for a letdown. Uh, but Josh Downs, from uh, us in the media, what we've seen there, from people analyzing the draft, from the coaches and everyone, there's not a bad thing to say about Josh Downs right now. Yeah, and it seems like uh, wide receiver coach Reggie Wayne can't get enough of him. I, I think yes. the other day uh, you posted the video on our mm-hmm. on our YouTube channel here where he was saying like he thought he was the best wide receiver at the combine, right? Yep. Yeah. So we we did talk to Reggie on Wednesday, and of course the first five minutes of it were all about Josh Downs, and you know he he said something we've kind of been thinking and, and we've alluded to it is uh, he's the guy in the receiver room that they've been missing. Uh, that winner, that third down winner, the guy who is real shifty, can get separation, and he just beats his his one-on-one matchups routinely. And, you know, Reggie said that's a skill set the room didn't have. Yeah. Uh, so Reggie couldn't have been higher on him. Uh, he said he was the best receiver at the Combine, and he was he was asked, you know, best receiver in his group at the Combine or best receiver at the Combine? And he said the best receiver at the Combine. And there was, what, four guys taken in the first round. Uh, So Reggie is really high on him. The team was obviously uh, really high on him. So stock up on Josh Downs for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, we hope that this is not another Paris Campbell situation uh, when it comes to offseason hype. Not saying that Paris Campbell is a bad wide receiver whatsoever. And last year when he stayed healthy, he had a really strong year for the Colts. But, you know, it's something to monitor. You know, is this going to be another Frank Reich and Paris Campbell type of love affair where – you know, every single offseason is, you know what, Paris Campbell, guys, the best player on our team. And then 
Obviously, when the season came along, came along, it just didn't pan out. Uh, we'll talk about that more here in segment three, but I do love the Josh Downs hype. He is the player that this wide receiver room was desperately missing, and it's great to hear Reggie Wayne every single time he gets a chance to talk, says, you know, you know what? This was my guy. This was my guy. I'm putting my name next to this guy. I wanted him, and now he's here in Indy. Yeah, he, he said that when he was studying the receivers leading up to the draft, he put an asterisk next to Downs to go back and do more work. And uh, he was asked if Downs was his number one receiver. And he said, I'm not going to say. <laughs> so pro- he, he very well might have been. Uh, but the next guy in the same conversation with Reggie, actually, I asked him about Alec Pierce. Uh, you know, from last year, him getting there kind of raw to now, you know, what's the biggest area of growth that you've seen from him? And uh, Reggie said he really expects to see Pierce take another step forward and like really acclimate himself. Uh, he just said he seemed really kind of rigid and not loose and comfortable yet at last year. But now, you know, he's he's ingratiated himself into the locker room and the environment there, and he's just a lot more confident and loose. He even, he even mentioned, like, his haircut. Like, it was all, like, tight and, and prim and proper, like, when he got there to India. And now he's just one of the guys letting his hair just flow and be shaggy a little bit. So... That's something I actually talked about with Pierce a lot last year is I didn't think we were going to start seeing a lot of those highlights and still until he started looking confident and playing confident because that's kind of a lizard brain thing that these playmakers have. Like you making spectacular plays is not something you plan on doing. Your mind and body just come together to do it. And a lot of that is confidence. And it sounds like that's something Pierce is getting a lot closer to. Yeah, I remember uh, there was a quote late last season with Reggie Wayne where Reggie kind of talked about Alec Pierce hitting that rookie wall and Mm. you just got to get to that point where you're climbing over that wall and moving forward. And I think that's absolutely true. I mean, Alec Pierce had a really strong rookie season. Yes, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't the most complete wide receiver profile that we saw, but there were great flashes. There were some really good moments. It's just he, like like the entire Colts offense, stalled out towards the end of the season. And you'd like to see him kind of bounce back to what he was doing earlier in the year when he was making those 40-yard catches, those 30-yard catches down the field in traffic. So, uh, yeah, Alec Pierce is a guy to watch this offseason. I'm glad that he's uh, someone who's kind of playing a little more loose and looking a little more free. And, again, if Reggie Wayne is hyping him up, you know, again, we're not saying Reggie Wayne is is perfect here and Reggie Wayne never does anything wrong, but it's good to hear that position coach talking about him Uh, and really getting the name out there a little bit more because that's the guy who determines playing time. Yeah, I I take what Wayne says very seriously because in his playing days, he was all about the details and the mechanics of the position. And so if he thinks someone's going to succeed, it's not because they're some uber athlete. It's because they put the work in and they understand how to win matchups and and things like that. Uh, another guy that's getting a little bit of buzz, uh, Jim Bob Cooter talked about him last week, uh, offensive coordinator, of course, uh, Bernard Ryman. Uh, he said, you know, of course, rookies are going to have those struggles. That's to be expected and everything. But everything about Ryman is trending in the right direction. Uh, you know, he's absolutely putting the work in. Just talking to that guy, you know, he's someone who takes he he takes getting better very seriously. Like this is his craft. It's what he is fully focusing on uh, is getting better. And we saw that in his game throughout, you know, through each start, it seemed like he got better and better. There were gaffes, of course. He gave up some late game sacks. He had some penalties. Uh, But overall, he's getting a lot better. 
his colleagues on the offensive line have, have been pretty positive about him. Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, and Jim Bob Cooter as well. So it looks like arrows up on him also. Yeah, it, it's shocking to me that a guy is so disciplined when he served in the military at 18 years old. Like we know, <laughs> right? you know this, this guy uh, definitely has some some maturity in his background and, and we love to see it. But uh, I think I saw something from, I, I think it was Jim Bob Cooter's press conference. You can correct me if I'm wrong, where he was talking about Ryman being up to what, 320 or something or being up 15 more pounds of muscle. Was that what, it, or did Ryman I, say that? I think it was Ryman said that. And without looking it up, I want to say he said like 318 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Shoo. Okay. I so, mean, look, muscle, muscle yeah. on the guy. <laughs> Again, it's off season stuff, and we'll talk about it at the end if we're buying it or not. But it's good to see him. You know, one of the bigger issues in his game last year was that core strength, was that ability to anchor, it was the overall power in his game. Getting the muscle up to three eighteen, and and hopefully still keeping that athleticism that he had is what you wanted to see from him. So again you want to see it all translate onto the field but so far so you know so far so good so far so good that's all we can really say as of this point in the offseason but uh, I'm liking what I'm hearing about Bernard Ryman and again this can translate onto the field we're feeling pretty good at left tackle it just needs to translate onto the field obviously yeah absolutely and as a former receiver that guy does not look that part he looks every bit of an NFL offensive tackle now finally uh, but next, we're going to discuss some of the defensive players that we think everyone ought to be paying attention to. But first, a word from our pals over at Built. If you guys are looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories and crap, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever, which is Built. If you're like us and you want to make healthier snack choices but don't want to feel like you're chewing on a rice cake or cardboard or anything, then you've got to go over to Built. They're healthy and they taste amazing. You won't even know that they're good for you. Uh, what makes them so good is they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate and they come in unreal flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. Head to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of the cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or the coconut puff. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club and you want to buy in bulk, you can get a 13-bar box with the hit flavors brownie batter puff and churro puff you can thank us later and every day is we want to shout you guys out and throw some love your way you're making may one of our best months ever here at locked on cold especially for a month that doesn't really have that much going on yeah. you guys are tuning in you guys are loving it here on locked on colts and if you guys missed it yesterday i had an exclusive interview with linebacker Zaire Franklin. We had that on our first part of, of yesterday's episode. So make sure you're going back and listening to that episode if you missed it. All right, Colts fans. So we're diving into the defensive players that these uh, coaches here on the Indianapolis Colts have been shouting out. You know, Gus Bradley talked the other day. Jake has, has uh, put up a video on Ron Milas, defensive back coach, talking. Uh, so, Jake, who are some guys that have been shouted out by these coaches this past week? Yeah, so recently, Gus Bradley, uh, I think I asked him about EJ Speed because you alluded to this on the interview you just did with Zaire Franklin on that show. Someone who could have a similar just out of nowhere jump like that is EJ Speed and the result of that being playing time. Uh, you know, Shaquille Leonard, we just don't know what that future looks like. And until he's out there playing, it looks like EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin being that one-two punch. And the guy who we saw as Franklin's running mate last year, Bobby O'Karake, had a huge year, earned him over $10 million per year in a new contract with the Giants. And Speed is an uber athlete, uh, you know, blew, blew the doors off his workout before the 2019 draft out of Tarleton State. 
Uh, he's been an awesome special teams player, a big play guy, one of the one of the best big play guys they've had on special teams. Uh, really made himself a force as a run defender last year in that auto role. But man, you you give this guy what 600, 700 plus snaps, whatever it's going to be this year. If he's a full time linebacker, and I'm lowballing on snap numbers there, he's super athletic. I, I mean, he has a lot of growth to do in the pass protect or in the pass uh, defense department, but he's explosive. He he's tough, and he has a nose for the ball. So uh, I think that's one guy who could have a big impact. And Gus Bradley kind of echoed that when we asked him about it. Uh, he said, you know, they're expecting big things from him. Uh, he's he's going to have more put on his plate, especially if. Leonard isn't out there. So, yeah. And you know, it's funny. It's a, it's a very similar situation, just mirroring what happened with Zyra Franklin last year, where Zyra Franklin hit free agency, a guy who almost exclusively played free or played a uh, special teams for the Colts, you know, played a little bit on, on the uh, defense his first season, but transitioned more to that special teams role, just like EJ speed did. And then they got similar contracts, even when they hit the market, I think it was around three years, 9 million, three years, 10 million, uh, in each guy's case, and then coming in the next season with a potential starting role right in front of them. So I do see a lot of similarities between EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin's situation last year. And you know what? If he can even be half the player that Zaire Franklin was for the Colts last season, the Colts are looking at a really good one-two punch, along with Shaquille Leonard coming back eventually at, at some point. Yeah, that's the hope. I, I mean, you don't want to see EJ Speed have some big breakout because Leonard's not out there. Uh, but I think regardless, speed is going to have a, a bigger role. Uh, moving along to a couple cornerbacks. The main one is Dallas Flowers because he's the one that's definitely lower on the totem pole. I'll throw Isaiah Rogers in the mix as well because he's kind of a starter by proxy now. And going into last year, we were at the point where we were saying, man, I hope he has a big role. And then through the first few games of the season, we were begging for him to get any snaps on defense. Uh, so now Rogers is is pretty much all all but secured a starting role to, to start things out as long as nothing happens in training camp. Um, but no, Dallas Flowers, the Colts just invested in these three big, lengthy athletic corners in Juju Brantz, Darius Rush, and, uh, and Jalen Jones. But Dallas Flowers was a UDFA they got with those traits last year. And he finally got on the field in the last couple of games. Uh, you know, Ron Miles has talked about him. Gus Bradley has talked about him. Uh, there's an opportunity ahead for for both Flowers and Rogers uh, because they draft before they drafted these guys. These two were you know penciled in as the starters on the outside, and so they're the incumbents. You know the the rookies have to come and beat these guys for snaps. Yeah, and the big thing to watch with Dallas Flowers is. You know, Julius Brands obviously is going to get his chances. You know, second round pick, pretty pretty early second round pick. He's going to get his chances. But the other guys that are coming in, Darius Rush, fifth round pick, nothing's guaranteed for him. Uh, and then you got Jalen Jones, a seventh round pick. None of those guys are guaranteed a spot over Dallas Flowers just because he was an undrafted free agent and they're not. Just like what Zaire Franklin said uh, when I talked to him yesterday on the interview is, you know, once you get in that building, it doesn't matter where you were drafted. It just matters, you know, how you perform on the field and how you play. So, you know, Dallas Flowers, obviously, it probably didn't feel great on draft day seeing three corners at his position getting taken when he's someone who's trying to fight for this roster spot. But if you can have a strong camp like you did last year and really prove that he belongs, then, yeah, he could still get some time here on defense this next season. Yeah, so this secondary is just like a whole ball of yarn that kind of needs figured out. And so then, then we'll talk about a couple of safeties coming up now. Nick Cross and Daniel Scott. Now, 
kind of different vibes coming from these two. So with Nick Cross, he's someone who I get good answers and positive feedback when I ask about him. Uh, when I've, you know, we've asked Gus and uh, Gus and Ron, Ron Miles about him. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, they've said he both, the both, they both said that he looks better uh, this year compared to last year. You know, he was that super young 20 year old uh, kid, you know, ha- had a lot of, you know, football maturing to do. And they've, they've said, you know, he's, he's done the work. He looks a lot better. And especially mentally, things are coming along better for him. Uh, so, the door is still wide open for him to earn a starting strong safety spot. Um, they're still working through what they want to do in that whole pecking order because they love that room and they have a lot of guys who can do a lot of things, but someone who seems to come up unprompted a lot is uh, Daniel Scott out of California. That, that rookie, I know you like him a lot. Uh, I think you and I both just kind of see him as a special teams demon right away. And, probably one of Brian Mason's money guys initially, but they're not shying away for, from a role on defense for him. Uh, get some snaps out there. Uh, he's got traits that could make him decent in the box, but especially in the back half, uh, just covering a, a lot of ground. That's truly a guy who comes up unprompted a lot. And I think for anyone who's not paying any attention to him in the secondary, as far as making depth charts and stuff goes, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be a pleasant surprise. Yeah, you know, I think Daniel Scott is a is a really talented prospect. Uh, one thing I will throw in when we were comparing these two guys, though, Daniel Scott and Nick Cross. Uh, Daniel Scott is, I think, over four years older than Nick Cross. Oh, he's much older. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Daniel Scott's like about about to turn twenty five, I believe, and Nick Cross has just turned twenty one. So there is some difference in experience and in life uh, maturity and stuff like that. Despite Nick Cross being the the one year more experience here in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, no, with Daniel Scott, this is a guy where I think he can play some slot, play some deep safety, maybe play some strong safety at times. The biggest thing with him is just improving that tackling, you know, getting back to where he was in 2020 or uh, 2021 with Cal, where he had a much better season this past year and getting those missed tackles down. But if he can clean that up, I think he can be a Rodney Thomas, the second type of player, which, you know, it's going to segue us into our last segment here, talking about it, what we think is legit when it comes to this height. But I'm I'm happy to hear that both those coaches are talking about Daniel Scott. Have they kind of mentioned where they want to play him or anything, or has it just been like, oh, we like Daniel Scott? No. In terms of asking about free and strong and all those things, like they're still very much figuring that out because they have they have so many guys they want to get on the field. They have to figure out who's going to do what. And I think this could be the most diverse Gus has been with a safety group in a long time. So I don't even think they know yet. Yeah, you know, that's good. That's good. But coming up, guys, we're going to talk about which of these players that the Colts coaches have talked about that we're actually buying. And I don't want to say selling, but kind of selling just a little bit there. Uh, We're going to talk about that here in just a second. All right, guys. So getting into the who's legit, we know we kind of mentioned at the top of the show when we were talking wide receivers, you know, it's, it's nice to get excited in training camp and in OTAs about players who could have big seasons. You know, we, we get in, we read a little too much sometimes into those coaches quotes. Uh, I remember last year, Frank Reich talked about Naeem Hines and was really going all in on Naeem Hines last year and said, Hey, if you guys have fantasy football, make sure you're drafting Naeem Hines. And the and result- I did. And it was a bummer. 
Yeah, the result was obviously like the whole Colts offense last year, but the result for Naeem Hines was far from anything you would want in fantasy football. And then obviously we saw for years and years with Frank Reich, you know, oh, Paris Campbell this, Paris Campbell that. And yes, he had a strong season last year, but it was never really living up to that offseason hype. You know, injuries happen and stuff like that. But we don't want to get too much into these coaches' quotes and think that everyone's going to be an all-pro this next season. Uh, but the one guy that I'm, I'm, I feel good about buying, despite again falling into that wide receiver, that playmaker curse. But Josh Downs, man, I, I just everything I've seen and read and heard about this guy since he's been drafted, everything I've heard from the coaches and from the scouts and and how much they love him. Yes, it could be another Paris Campbell situation. <laughs> I'm fully prepared for that uh, potentially going that way. But I'd be shocked if Josh Downs didn't have a massive impact in year one. Just Again, it might not be a, a 1,000 yard season or even a 500 yard season, but just having an impact from day one and being a player is going to get a lot of playing time. I'm fully buying that at this point in the offseason. I think Josh Downs is going to be a big part of this offense uh, year one and going forward. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It, it seemed with this much hype, and it's not unfounded hype because, again, a lot of it's coming from the team. Uh, with, with this much hype around him, I would be very surprised if he didn't have a significant role. And the, it, like you said, it may not mean the stats are gaudy, but this is a team that's going to go for it in aggressive situations a lot. They'll go for a lot of fourth downs and stuff. You need those money players, and I think they're counting on him to be one. Uh, but I'm really going to say Alec Pierce is going to take that next leap too uh, because regardless of who the quarterback is, I, th- I think he'll mesh well, well with both. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I think certainly, you know, when he goes downfield, I, I think he's going to look for a, a big, fast, athletic guy like Pierce, of course. Gardner Minshew, the same, because I'm just picturing what I watched of Gardner Minshew last year. He loved targeting Devontae Smith, you know, downfield chunk plays even. And Smith isn't a huge guy by any means. And, you know, as far as being slender goes, him and Pierce kind of have the same issue. Uh, but he would toss up 50-50 balls to him. So I think both of these quarterbacks are going to give Pierce an opportunity to excel in some of the areas he does best. Yeah. You know, with, with Alec Pierce, it really is just finding that consistency. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be a wide receiver that's going to beat you with every single route in the route tree. You know, there are plenty of wide receivers that are niche wide receiver two type guys who don't really run certain routes. Don't run these, you know, these complex routes or anything. Uh, They can just be those guys who can win on those quick slants and those bang eights and and win on drags and curls uh, and then also win vertically. And that's what Alec Pierce can be. You know, he could be a high end wide receiver too that can win vertically, can win over the middle. Uh, And that's just what he needs to hone in on. He needs to hone in on being consistent in those areas. And then if he gets there, then he can build up uh, the other parts of his game. But I like Alec Pierce a lot. I do think he's going to be in for a good year. And and hopefully, again, he can find that consistency uh, where he kind of left off last year. Uh, The other guy I'm buying, again, I'm going to keep it on offense, I think, here. But Bernard Ryman, man, this is a player where he got a lot better as the year went along last year. Uh, Every single week we saw the, the just incremental improvement. And this is a guy where, you know, we've seen him overcome adversity in the past. Uh, He's a player who was a tight end going into college, coming from a different country, uh, barely even played football up until his senior year of high school, transitions to left tackle, works his way up to being an NFL prospect at left tackle, 
And then we saw the immediate struggles here in the NFL, but he still got better and better. He overcame that adversity slowly. Uh, and now we're seeing the reports of him coming into camp in, in better shape. Not, not that he was in bad shape last year, but just more playing like NFL football shape at left tackle, put on some muscle. Uh, he's And his teammates and his coaches are taking notice of it. I think the profile fits really well for Bernard Ryman to succeed this year. Uh, yes, you're concerned about the age and the experience and, and where he was early on last year, but with his athleticism, with his ability to improve and his ability to overcome adversity, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever if he can step in at left tackle and, and really lock it down this year. So again, outside of Josh Downs, I think Bernard Ryman is the biggest one I'm buying out of all this because I could see it. I could see the improvement last year. Alec Pierce, it kind of started hot and went and went down a little bit towards the year, towards the end of the year. But with Bernard Ryman, it was a constant improvement until the end of the season. Uh, it's just about continually building on that uh, and stacking good days is like what we like to say in football. Uh, I think Bernard Ryman can keep doing that and and really put together a really strong year too. Yeah, I, I feel confident in all of these offensive players we've mentioned as well. And for Ryman, we've already seen it. And, and it would be really a big surprise if he took a, a step back because that's just not the trajectory of how his career's gone, going all the way back to the Vienna Vikings. Like the guy's just gotten better at whatever he's done, like his his old football career. Um, so the defense... I think a guy I'm definitely buying is, is EJ Speed for, for all the you know reasons we mentioned. The opportunity is probably going to be there. I can't buy the Shaquille Leonard status until we see it. You know, he even got back for a few games last year, uh, but couldn't really put it together. So I think the opportunity is there for EJ Speed. We kind of get to cheat on this one a little bit because we've already seen him for four years and we like we know what that looks like a little bit. Uh, but he's one I'm I'm definitely buying. And being a veteran and being with the same defensive system for two years in a row now, I feel comfortable saying that Gus Bradley is going to give him that long leash to go out and and earn a significant role. Yeah, I'm feeling good about EJ Speed. It's just the other three guys here. I don't want to say I'm selling, but like Dallas Flowers and Daniel Scott, I feel good about them being big time special teamers this next season. Uh, Dallas Flowers, obviously in the return game, Daniel Scott as a gunner potentially, or just being the up man in a lot of things. Nick Cross is tough, man. It's tough. Uh, I don't want to say this is a make or break season for him because he is so young uh, and there were some good flashes last year. I mean, on special teams, he was the uh, pro football focus had him as the highest rated special teamer on the Colts last year Uh, as the best overall special teamer on the Indianapolis Colts was Nick Cross. It's just, will he take that step forward? We didn't really see too much of him going like taking steps forward last year. We didn't hear a lot of great things from coaches throughout the year about him. And and I'm not trying to bury him. He's still, what, 21 years old. It's just, again, it's hard to say make or break, but like he needs to take a positive step forward this year. It can't just be stagnant or taking that step back because despite being the higher pick and getting those chances, eventually the chances run out. A guy like Rodney Thomas last year passed him on the depth chart and he surpassed all expectations. And it's very feasible to see Rodney Thomas being more, I guess more sought after and more more liked in these coaches' eyes going into year two than Nick Cross. The opportunity is going to be there for Nick Cross. He needs to have a really strong camp and he needs to prove to these coaches what he can be on the football field. But it just needs to be positive steps forward. If he takes any steps back this offseason, his future with the Colts is probably not looking great. So of all the players on this entire team, even this offseason is the most important for Nick Cross. 
Nick Cross needs to show that he's worthy of not only where he got selected, but just having a role on this defense uh, going into year two. So I want to buy it. I want to buy the upside. I want to buy the athleticism. I want to buy the player, but I just want to see it first. And and we got a whole, uh, whole camp coming with that to see what's going to happen with him. But I really hope he can put it together here in year two, because we didn't really see too much in year one. And it was a little concerning late in the year when they were obviously not a good team and you want to get young players on the field. He still wasn't getting on the field. Yeah, I've, I feel the same way. I want to buy that with him. And the thing is, like, in the preseason, he actually did look pretty good. He kind of de- developed a specialty for breaking up passes in the in the end zone. Um, so it's there, and I think the Colts want him to earn it, but we've seen that they're not just going to give it. Uh, and, you know, for that reason and with Daniel Scott as well, I just think they've been really rigid with their safety depth chart you know, that, that we've seen. So until I know that they're going to feed all these mouths at safety and give them defensive snaps, I've got to believe we're going to see a ton of Rodney Thomas and Julian Blackman. Yeah. And if cross and Scott can come in and earn some snaps in relief or because of injuries or whatever. Sure. Um, but the, the last guy I'll pick, I'll buy Dallas flowers a little bit. I, I can see him in the Brandon face on roll this year. Uh, I don't think he's going to, he's, I don't think he's going to get near a thousand snaps or anything, but I think he's going to play a lot this year. Um, as I guess your, your fourth corner, if you're looking at Rogers and Brent's on the outside with Kenny on the inside, and then flowers is your, your fourth corner is probably going to see a decent amount of snaps. Uh, there's always injuries in the NFL. So I, I definitely see him earning a role. I mean, as an undrafted free agent rookie last year, they let him get out there late in the season. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you guys can let us know in the comments which guys you're buying stock on. Who are you buying the jersey for, getting super excited for? Obviously, Anthony Richardson we didn't talk about in this in this uh, episode, but I'm sure that's one. But of all these players we listed and other players we've heard coaches talk about, who are you buying the most so far this offseason? Let us know in the comments. And everydayers, check back in tomorrow morning as we have a special Saturday episode where Eddie McGilvra defensive line trainer who's worked with Samson, Samson Abukum, Quiddy Pay, and Dio Dangbo is going to be joining me for an exclusive interview. We're going to talk about those three players, talk about what they've been working on this offseason. Really exciting stuff. And if you guys don't already, follow at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Also subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love your guys' ratings and reviews, and we'll catch you guys bright and early tomorrow.